Ever wonder what history's most famous and infamous would say if you asked them for their side of the story? Well, here's your chance. I'm Charles Dance, your narrator for Hindsight, an original podcast by Al Jazeera. In this dramatized series based on historical events, we resurrect some of the world's most notable figures. And in the world of football, there's a lot to choose from. In this episode, we meet the Brazilian football legend known as Gorincha, the little bird. Even though he was at first written off because of his bent legs, one of which was shorter than the other, there was no stopping the man from flying once he'd taken off. Garincha would go on to become what many considered to be the greatest dribbler of all time, able to feint effortlessly one way before diving the other. If a defender blinked, Garincha was gone. Like so many football greats, he came from humble beginnings to rise to the heights of fame and riches. But in his case, his story would end in solitude and poverty. In hindsight, Garincha's lifelong addiction to alcohol and a history of awful car crashes weren't his only undoing. Hindsight, you've heard of them. Now it's time you hear from them. It is done. Brazil are the champions of the world. With that whistle, Brazil are crowned the 1962 World Cup champions for the second time in a row. The team was filled with stars, but one name shone brighter than the rest. Manuel Francisco dos Santos, better known as Manny Garincha, or simply... Garincha. Garincha. That was Manny Garincha. He s'appelle Manny Garincha. Este Garincha... During that final, there was a funny moment. A Czech player tapped me on the shoulder and pointed at my legs. <laughs> so what if my left leg is shorter than the other? It's a strength, brother, not a weakness, believe me. There was a language barrier. I didn't speak Czech and he didn't speak Portuguese, but I found out later that he wasn't commenting on how my legs looked, but on their magic. That tournament, I did it all. Goals with my left foot, right foot, head. I was living the dream. Garincha scored four goals during the tournament, which placed him among the top scorers that year. It was the high point of his career, a pinnacle reached despite being born with a curved spine and bent, uneven legs, the left leg pointed outwards and the right inwards not to mention acquiring a vicious case of alcoholism from his father. This is the story of Garincha, the undisciplined genius. The angel with the bent legs, the tortured entertainer. I was born on the 28th of October, 1933, in Pau Grande, a poor village near Rio de Janeiro. His date of birth is debatable. Garincha's father reportedly didn't register his son's birth for ten days. But regardless of when he was born, one thing is certain, his life began in poverty. That's the legacy of slavery that a lot of people don't realize. You may be free, but you're also poor. I know this 
because my grandparents were slaves. They didn't have anything, and neither did their children, and neither did I. And of course, when you're poor, Lord help you if you get sick or have anything wrong with you. It's a boy. All his vitals look good. Wait, I know. He's deformed. His spine is curved like the letter S and his legs are bent in one direction. Oh, and they're uneven. Doctors thought he would never walk properly, never mind play football, unless he received treatment. But my parents didn't have that kind of money for that. No one I knew did. Brazil was still reeling from the global economic crash in 1929 that caused the Great Depression. Demand for coffee, the country's main export, dropped, and sugar production largely ground to a halt. For the grandchild of slaves, basic medical care was out of reach. Hey, little birdie. You're like me, eh, little birdie? We spend a lot of time in the woods and by the river fishing. That's how I got my nickname. My older sister, Rosa, gave it to me. She thought I looked like a garrincha, a little bird, because I was smaller than most kids, and I was free-spirited. Harnessing that free spirit would be a lifetime venture. I was always outside with my friends, kicking a ball around. Barefoot, of course. I think that's when I figured out that how I moved my legs could totally confuse the other players. I began to see how my bent legs were a unique trait, an asset even. No one could take the ball away from me. But it was an all play when I was a kid. I started working at a textile factory when I was 14, like many boys in my village. The only good thing about it was that the factory had a football team, the Sport Clube Pau Grande. And I became pretty popular with my teammates and coaches. Factory-sponsored football clubs had become a common feature with the rise of industrialization in the mid-19th century. This partly explains why the popularity of the sport spread widely among the working class. The other players didn't know which way I was going. I dribbled right past them. The same disabilities doctors once told my parents would ruin my life are what made me shine on the pitch. Garincha may have been impressive on the pitch, but his performance at the factory was less remarkable. He would usually be found sleeping in a corner while everyone else worked. You're firing me for being lazy? Can I still play football with the club? No? Well, all right. Good luck for the rest of the season. Luckily, the president of the football club disagreed. He intervened and insisted I stayed on. Which meant Garincha was able to keep his job. Football also offered him an escape from home. Yeah, it was tough. My dad's taste for cachaça didn't help. Cachaça is a spirit distilled from fermented sugarcane juice. It was common among slaves after the Portuguese introduced cane to Brazil in the 16th century. It's very much Brazil's national spirit, but my father, well, 
he drank a bit too much. And he wasn't exactly drinking the good stuff. His father's alcoholism was well known by the people in their town, and Garincha soon picked up the habit. Pass me the bottle. Of course I'm old enough. If I can work a full-time job at 14, I can drink at 14, no? Nah, I don't have to get back to work yet. Let's just sit here and relax. I could handle the drink. Anyway, I eventually became the star player at the factory club. My friends told me, Garrincha, go play for clubs in Rio. You can do it. But I didn't care about going professional. Football, to me, was about having fun. That's it. But one time, I did decide to give it a go. I tried out for a first division team, Vasco da Gama. Vasco da Gama, one of Rio's largest clubs, was named after the Portuguese explorer. It's one of Brazil's best-supported teams. They were just the closest team for me to reach by train. Hola. I'm here for the tryouts. Boots? No need. I can play better than your whole team without them. I'm not allowed? Okay, you're lost, brother. The boots were an excuse. I think my bent legs made a bad impression on Vasco. Next week, the same thing happened at the Fluminense Club. So I gave up. It might have gone another way if Garincha hadn't left early to catch the last train home. Why would I stick around just to be told to get lost? I had my dignity. When I was younger, people used to see me and say things like, Poor boy, he is lame. Poor little cripple. It's one thing to hear it from people on the street, and another to hear it from coaches. So I guess I developed a habit of rejecting people before they rejected me. Young Garincho wasn't exactly driven to become a world-class footballer. He loved the game, but the idea of sacrificing anything wasn't the way he liked to do things. For now, he was too free-spirited to care about his future, or to get caught up in the football fever happening in Brazil as it hosted the 1950 World Cup. Wow. Expectations for Brazil were insane. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final of the fourth FIFA World Cup. Isn't it great to be back, folks? Last time a World Cup match was held was in 1938, before the outbreak of the Second World War. And what an incredible atmosphere it is here in Rio de Janeiro. It is perhaps fitting that the host nation Brazil are here to face Uruguay, both sides are strong, but who will be crowned winners of the 1950 World Cup? Several newspapers had already declared Brazil the winner. The president of FIFA and the founder of the World Cup, Jules Rimet, had even written a victory speech for Brazil. About 200,000 fans, roughly one-tenth of all the people who lived in Rio, packed the Maracana Stadium. It was the largest crowd ever to attend a match, a record that still stands. Brazil dominated the first 45 minutes, but then... It's an incredible turn. 2-1 for Uruguay. What a crushing defeat for Brazil. Losing on home soil was considered the worst tragedy in Brazilian sports history. The streets were filled with despondent fans, tears running down their faces. Some even reportedly died of a heart attack. The loss became known as the Maracanazo, 
the Maracana blow. The devastation was so complete that it even forced Brazil to change the color of their jerseys from white to the yellow and green they are known for today. While the country was having a meltdown, Garincha was nowhere to be found. He didn't watch the match. Instead... Hey, little fishes, go on, have a bite. I went fishing. Just me, a nice drink, and my fishing pole by the river. I didn't want to be anywhere near the hysteria. People were going crazy. That's why I went out into nature and just enjoyed my afternoon. Oh, I got one! Football is great, but it is a game. Why let it upset you? Plus, I was focused on other things, like my girlfriend. Nair Marques was my childhood sweetheart. She was poor like me and also worked in a factory. We loved each other. And in 1952, we got married. She wore a simple gown and I wore a brown suit. New wife, new beginnings. But what about football? Garincha stumbled into the game out of sheer talent. And in 1953, Destiny presented him with one more chance to go professional. I was still playing for Pau Grande, of course, and having a great time. During one match, I scored four goals. And who was the referee? Viana Arati. He used to be a defender for Botafogo, one of Rio's most famous professional clubs. He pulled me aside after the game. You think I should play for Botafogo? I don't know, brother. They probably wouldn't let me through the door. Oh, you still have connections there. I didn't see the point. They didn't take me at Vasco and Fluminense, so why would things be different at Botafogo? But Viana insisted. Uh, alô. Hey, Viana, tudo bem? Hmm. No, brother, uh, don't worry. Uh, I won't be late. Oh, you are waiting outside already? Uh, okay, uh, okay, just let me grab my boots. Yes, I didn't turn up barefoot this time. <laughs> it was great to get out there and show them what I could do. If they were worried about my bent legs, I made them forget about it fast. Gorincha was hired on the spot. It was on a trial basis, but I got the chance to play with some of Brazil's best players, like Newton Santos. Santos was also one of the best defenders in football history. Some people would have been intimidated to play with him. Not me. In my first training session, I dribbled right around him. I even nutmegged him. Some players would get mad when you dribble through their legs. They'd see it as a sign of disrespect, not Newton. Instead, he did something that changed my life. Will you really talk to the team for me? Oh, thanks, brother. Obrigado. Muito obrigado. Santos told managers at Botafogo that Corincho would have to play alongside him, mostly because he didn't want to play against him anymore. He later admitted he never encountered a winger who could beat him with such ease, let alone one who was bent-legged. 
What a guy. It's no wonder they eventually named the Botafogo Stadium after him. Garincha was now on the books at Botafogo. He was 20 years old, a late bloomer by football standards. I was being paid enough to quit my factory job and got to really focus on my game. And boy, I wish you could have seen me then. The way I could twist my hips in every direction totally confused the other guys on the pitch. One game, I dribbled past everyone on the pitch. And then, in front of the goal, everyone thought I was going to shoot. But I didn't. I passed the ball instead to give another guy a chance to score. It shocked everyone. For me, football wasn't about scoring goals. It was about dribbling. The fans loved it. While dribbling was his thrill, Garincha was also a regular scorer for Botafogo. And he was developing a fan base. People turned out to watch the man with the bent legs. I liked to change direction a lot when I dribbled past players. I confused them by going left, then right, then left again. The shape of my legs confused defenders into thinking I'd go one direction, but instead I'd go the other way. Sometimes I would just stop and force them to stand there, frozen. You know, get into the defender's head. Let them know I was in charge of the ball. He also took plenty of audacious strikes, an ability he mastered with both legs. There was one shot that would become his trademark. I will curve this ball to the top right corner. I wasn't afraid to take shots from anywhere on the pitch. You know, if you come from nothing, when you are used to have nothing, then there's no fear in taking chances. It's not common for a grandchild of slaves to rise out of poverty the way I was able to. Football gave me that freedom to break the cycle. But other cycles will prove much harder to break. For now, Garincha's star would continue to rise at Botafogo. After joining Botafogo, Nair and I had our first child. We had a girl, and then another, and then another. We had four girls, one after the other. Let's celebrate. Any of that cachaça left? But Nair wasn't the only woman he was seeing. Hey, beautiful. Would you like another drink? No? I'm gonna have one. Oh, man, it's midnight already. I need to get home to my girls. Uh, okay, just one more before I go. In 1955, when Garincha was 21 years old, he got his first call up to join Brazil's national team. After Brazil lost to Hungary at the 1954 World Cup, some new blood was needed to inspire the team. Nair, girls, you won't believe it. I'm going to play for Brazil. Let's have a little drink to celebrate, huh? I will get the cachaça. Oh, no, no, no. The good stuff this time. This was just the start of Garincha's best days. In 1957, in the lead-up to the next World Cup, he led Botafogo to their first league title in nine years. In the Rio State Championship final, Nilton Santos was so confident 
that he told the opposing goalkeeper he'd rip a piece of his jersey for every goal the team scored. Garincha led the team to a 6-2 victory. By the end of the game, the shirt was in tatters. Garincha's name was growing internationally. In February 1958, Garincha traveled with Botafogo to Mexico, where he's credited with being the first to inspire one of football's famous chants. Quick fake to the left, then to the right, and ha! See you later, man! We played a famous Argentinian team called River Plate. I dribbled past their player, Federico Vairo, several times, and every time I did, the crowd would yell, Ole! Like it was a bow fight. Another quick fake. <laughs> At one point, I slowed down so he could get near me. Then I started running with the ball. But then I left the ball behind me and kept running. Okay, one more time, Vital. Come and get me. <laughs> Vital was so nervous. He ran with me right past the ball. His coach pulled him off the pitch to save him from more embarrassment. I like to use certain moves, or feints, like we'd call it. So I start running one way, then stop suddenly, and go the other way. Defenders were not used to this style of dribbling. That match was unforgettable. And then came the 1958 World Cup in Sweden. I hoped those doctors back home were watching to see for themselves what a boy born with bent legs can do. But Garincha would have to wait for that moment. He was benched by the coach in the first game. He wanted players to score, not dribble. Yeah, I had to wait. Not for too long, though. Against the Soviet Union, Garincha played alongside a young player named Edison Arantes do Nascimento, otherwise known as Pele. Pele and I? Ah, together we were invincible. From the first minute of our game, we led a fantastic attack. Intense dribbles, amazing passes and ferocious shots. Faint... That's one. My leg says I'm going left, but... <laughs> are they really, though? <laughs> Another quick dribble, and... <clears throat> so close! <laughs> Off the post. It happens. Then three minutes in... Goal! It's a goal from Baba. The score is 1-0 for Brazil. I was happy for Vava. Scoring on Levi Aschen was no easy feat. The man they called the Black Spider. One of the greatest goalkeepers ever. I mean, that guy was everywhere. Media reports later referred to it as the best three minutes in football history. Vava scored again in the second half and we won that match to nil. You might remember our shame in losing in the 1950 World Cup. We didn't want to repeat that. It's Sweden against Brazil in the final match. Sweden has the home advantage. Brazil have Garincha and Pelé. We beat Sweden 5-2. I didn't score a single goal, but my dribbling stood out. 
One newspaper called me an alien talent and asked, What planet is Garrincha from? <laughs> Garrincha brought a lot of joy to football fans. Watching him mesmerize his opponents, practically faking them out of their boots, was like watching a magician. Garrincha's uncanny dribbling skills not only captured the imagination of the footballing world, but also helped define Brazil's joyful and beautiful style of play from the 1950s. Life was good for Garrincha. Almost too good. Brazil's World Cup win came with a decent financial bonus, and he knew how to spend it. Hey, my glass is empty. Fill it up. Come on, a man deserves to celebrate his hard work. What's the big deal? After the tournament, I went home to see my doctor. My back was killing me. Normally, footballers play a game or two each week. Garincha played five games in 18 days. His body was buckling from the strain. The way his bones were built meant that playing would damage the cartilage in his knees. The doctor told me to have surgery, but I didn't want to. My curved spine and bent legs were a big part of who I was. If I changed that, how could I be the player I came to be? It was still a party after we won the 58 World Cup, and I was in the mood to celebrate. Everyone having a good time? Is that an empty glass I see? Come on, brother, fill it up. Yeah, I have training tomorrow, so what? I'm a world champion, baby. But his drinking was getting so bad, and he'd put on so much weight because of it, that Brazil dropped him from a friendly with England. One match, so what? I was only 25. I had years of football ahead of me. Real Madrid even wanted to buy me, but I turned them down. I didn't want to leave my country, my family, my friends. That year, in 1959, Botafogo went on tour in Sweden. Nair stayed home with the kids, and I, well, I met a woman there, and we had some fun. Garincha got the woman pregnant. But even that may have been the furthest thing from his mind after he returned home to Pau Grande. Oh, hey, watch out! What is going on? Driving blind drunk, Gorincha hit his own father. Don't remember anything. His father, Amaro, managed to walk away from the incident and told the crowd of people to leave them alone. He refused to blame his son. Garincha's father died only a few months later from liver cancer after decades of heavy drinking. The only thing that could kill the old man was what he put into his own body. I knew I wasn't perfect. But it didn't affect my life much. Not then, anyway. Nair, she's beautiful. Our fifth daughter. Ay, ay, ay. Grincha also got another woman pregnant from another affair. I was about to have six kids. 
Well, seven kids, if you include the one from my trip to Sweden. But Gorincha's off-field shenanigans and deteriorating physical condition didn't seem to stunt his talent. He continued to score goals for Botafogo, and in 1962 was selected to play for Brazil at the World Cup. The 28-year-old was slightly heavier than he was at the last tournament, but his zigzagging dribbling skills were unstoppable. He'd have to rely on them. The invincible duo of Garincha and Pele would be down to just the one in Chile. Pele got injured in the second game against Czechoslovakia and had to miss the rest of the tournament. It was a hard run, especially against Spain, but we made it to the quarterfinals. It's a corner kick for us. This is my chance. I bet they didn't expect me to use my head to score. About 20 minutes later, I dribbled past all the players and kicked the ball to Vava. But I wasn't finished yet. <laughs> they expect me to dribble to the goal again. I think I will surprise them instead. <laughs> Two goals! <laughs> I'm on fire! Garincha scored his second with his signature curved shot from about 20 yards out. We beat England 3-1. to one. The press were calling it the best performance in the history of the World Cup. Garincha was indeed the talk of the tournament. But during that match against England, something else was threatening to steal the show. Look at that. There's a dog on the pitch. <laughs> hey, little dog, come over. Come over here. Yeah, 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 nice boy, nice boy, good boy, good boy. Oh, oh, oh. he's off running again. Oh, looks like Greaves has caught him. That's England's star player, Jimmy Greaves. Wait, wait, oh, the dog speed on Greaves. <laughs> I... <laughs> I laughed so hard that day. I almost couldn't finish the match. <laughs> the Brazilian team ended up taking the dog back home. Garincha got to keep him. And the ball is crossed. There's Garincha. And he gets a shot in the net. After England, we were in the semi-finals against Chile. That was a tough game. The Chileans had the strategy to stop me. It was pretty simple. They kicked and kicked and kicked me. I ended the game with bruises all over my legs. I still scored two goals, but they kept coming at me. Eventually, I kicked back and got a guy right in his butt. Garincha saw red, and then the referee showed him a red card. Normally, a red card would mean missing the next match which in this case was the final against Czechoslovakia. But Garincha had some influential people on his side. Can you believe it? A boy from Pau Grande had the president in his corner. Tancredo Neves made sure I played. <laughs> A little thing left and go right. And, <clears throat> and Brazil are champions again! 
two World Cups back to back. Gorincha was named among the top scorers that year. The French newspaper L'Equipe called him the most extraordinary right winger football has known. Another round for my friends here. Gotta use this World Cup bonus money for something, right? <laughs> Let's celebrate. As world events moved on after the World Cup and a military coup in Brazil two years later deposed its president, Garincha found himself caught up in another affair. But for him, Elza Suarez was like no other. Well, nice to meet you. Elza Suarez was a famous samba singer, a powerful talent from a poor background. She started singing to buy her newborn medicine. By the time she met Garincha, Elsa mingled with the likes of American trumpeter Louis Armstrong. Naish knew about the affair with Elsa. She often referred to her as that woman. But I couldn't end things with Elsa. We had chemistry. Divorce was illegal in Brazil at the time, so instead, Nair and Garincha became separated in 1965. Eventually, Elza and I moved in together and had a small unofficial wedding. A marriage of football and samba, two of the country's favorite pastimes. But a strict conservatism that ran through Brazil divided public opinion over the pair's union. People didn't like that both had already been married, but Elza got the brunt of the abuse. The haters threw food at her home and called her a home wrecker. It was tough, especially for Elsa. She had been forced to marry when she was 12 years old. She had five kids before she became a widow at 21. Like I said, that period was tough, but we got through it. He also went through his earnings. I hadn't grown up with money and never learned how to manage it. So I spent it on the people around me, my friends, my kids. Whether it was generosity or irrational overspending, Garincha spent with abandon. The state wanted some of it too. Until now, Brazilians didn't have to pay taxes. That changed after the military coup in 1964. Garincha now owed $22,000, or about $210,000 in today's money. He couldn't pay, but one man could. João Avelange, the head of the Brazilian Sports Association. He believed in me. He believed that if Brazil won the next World Cup, he would become FIFA's president. He had to make sure Brazil's team was ready, and it couldn't be ready without Garincha. He paid my debts and help me get back on track. I'm more grateful to him than to Botafogo. They were replacing me with some youngster. Imagine! In 581 games for Botafogo, I scored 232 goals for them. Garincho was not facing reality. As he entered his 30s, his alcoholism was hurting his performance. I left Botafogo after 12 years to play with Corinthians in Sao Paulo. They signed me for my star power, but I didn't play many games. Garincha was overweight from all the drinking. 
I tried hard to get fit again, but the drink, I just couldn't give it up. Hey, barkeep, another round? What do you mean my wife say no? Elsa used to go to the bar with me to make sure I didn't drink too much. Such devotion. I didn't deserve her. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 1966 World Cup in England. Brazil are the defending champions. Will we see the inspirational duo of Pelé and Garincha? Somehow, I made it onto the national team. The first game went great. Pelé scored our first goal. And in the 64th minute, we were awarded a free kick. Hey, Pelé, let me have this one. I'm going to put it in the top right corner. <laughs> what did I tell you? We beat Bulgaria 2-0. to zero. I felt like we couldn't lose. Every time Pelé and I were in the same lineup, Brazil never lost. But then came the match against Hungary, and Pele was out with an injury, and Garincha wasn't the player he used to be. Everything went wrong. All the magic I'd created for Brazil in the past just disappeared. Brazil lost 1-3. to three. Its hopes of pulling off a hat-trick of three consecutive wins at the World Cup ended with Portugal. Garincha's days with Brazil's national team were over, too. I was on the wrong side of 30, so I guess I understood. But I loved playing, and it was the only thing that kept me from drinking all the time. I also had to play because, without it, I couldn't afford to drink. I had spent so much money on booze and other frivolous things, and after 66, money wasn't coming in like it used to. So I bounced around between football clubs. A year with Portuguesa Carioca, a year in Colombia with Atlético Júnior, and then a year with the real club, Flamengo. The joy Garincha once possessed on the pitch appeared to be waning. During a tour in Brazil for Flamengo, he didn't do much when he played, but the club was still able to capitalize on his star power to excite the fans. When he wasn't playing, he focused on food, alcohol, and women. In April 1969, Garincha drove from Sao Paulo to Rio de Janeiro, a six-hour drive, give or take. He was drunk. Elsa, stop telling me to slow down. I'm fine. Wait. Wait, what happened? What? Elsa? Elsa? Are you okay? Yeah? Where's your mother? Where? Dona Rosário? Dona Rosário? Dona Rosário? Dona... Dona Rosário? Oh, no. Oh, no. Elsa's mother... Donna Rosario was thrown from the car. She died instantly. 
Elsa. Elsa, I'm, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I don't understand how you can love me after everything I've done. His father had refused to blame him when Garincha had run over him. This time, he was given a two-year sentence for manslaughter. Garincha was later acquitted. A year later, in 1970, Elsa and Garincha would find themselves on the run. Who's out there, Elsa? Elsa was a vocal activist for women, black people, and the LGBTQIA community. For years, she was targeted by the military dictatorship. And one night, someone attacked our home. Oh my God, they are raising their weapons. Get down, Elsa! Elsa and Garincha were forced into exile in Italy. A world away, the World Cup was being held in Mexico. Garincha watched the tournament on TV. Brazil won. Pele was the outstanding player. Elsa, pass me the bottle. Missing out on the 1970s World Cup was a big hit to my mental health and sense of self-worth. I'd roam the streets, picking up cigarette butts to smoke. What a sight I must have been. And my drinking, well, it got worse. We returned to Brazil in 1971, and a year later I signed up with Dolaria Football Club. But my body was giving up on me. My legs weren't as strong as they used to be. I just couldn't shift or accelerate the same way. I... I... No, no, no. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Come on. Let's play. In 1973, a farewell game was arranged for me at the Maracanã Stadium in Rio, in front of 130,000 fans, a team of Brazilian players against Latin American stars. He played the first half with the Brazilian team, and in the second half, he was supposed to switch sides. But at half-time, he disappeared. Until this day, no one knows where or why. I retired after that. I wanted to focus more on my family, and my brood was growing. Oh, he's perfect. He'll be named after me, Garrincha Jr. In July 1976, Elsa gave birth to their son. But without the football playing career to temper his drinking, his alcoholism got even worse. Garrincha's addiction continued to rob him of everything he had. And there wasn't much left. In 1977, five years after retiring from the game, I returned. What a goal by the Brazilian star Zico! It was a brilliant play from the Brazilian team. I became a football commentator. But the drinking continued. One night, I was drunk, of course, and Elsa and I got into a fight. I got really wound up and... I'm not proud of this, but I hit her. Things got pretty violent until one day in 1977, Elsa left me. I'd hurt a lot of people in my life, and I wanted to start putting things right. 
I reached out to Ulf, my son from the woman I met in Sweden all those years before. We planned to meet at the 1978 World Cup in Argentina. But the pair never met. In a later interview, his son Ulf simply said that his father was not well. One of Garincha's last public appearances was in 1980 at Carnival in Rio de Janeiro. I was 46 years old, but the way my back was hunched over, I looked much older. I was too drunk to dance, too drunk to speak, too drunk to do anything. Garincha had several stints in hospital to help with his addictions, paid for by the Brazilian Football Federation. But those hospital stays became too frequent, too long, too expensive, so they stopped paying for it. It didn't help that Garincha would buy other patients cigarettes and put it on the bill. On January 20th, 1983, Garincha died at the age of 49. Cirrhosis of the liver, just like his father. He was survived by at least 11 children. Thousands attended his funeral in Rio de Janeiro and then walked to the Maracana Stadium. The procession continued to Pau Grande, his hometown, where he was buried. My tombstone reads... Here rests in peace the one who was the joy of the people, Mané Garrincha. I hope this was true. Hindsight is narrated by me, Charles Dance. The series was produced by South Podcasts. The team is... Producer and editor, Tala Alisa. Production coordinator, Rana Dawood. Editor and fact checker, Omar Faris. Associate producer, Basant Samhut. Sound design by Taisir Kabani. This episode is written by Justin Salani. Research by Joanne Bustani. Fact checking by Tarak Ayub. Extra voices played by Stephen Brunton. Football commentary is played by Stephen Brunton. Garincha is played by Marcello Trigo. Extra voices played by Carlos Serrato, Basant Samhut, Danny Pardo, and Jose Liam. Voice coaching by Zayn Ganma. Recording by Revolution Recording and Voices. Additional research and fact checking by Al Jazeera and Amaboteng. Script editing by Danilo Hawaleshka. Joe DeFrias is the executive producer of Special Project. Juan Carlos Van Meek is Al Jazeera's director of digital innovation and programming. Hindsight is a historical drama podcast. All dramatized scenes and dialogue are inspired by historical events, old interviews, and in some cases, new conversations with people close to the subject. <laughs>